subscribers get in close. For 15 years, I have been looking for a book which didn't exist. So I am thrilled to share that I decided to write it. The Smart Girls Handbook is available to pre-order now wherever you get your books and also in Canada, the United States of America, New Zealand and Australia. Everything we do is a response to something you have asked me for and girl, have you been asking me for a book for years? Who is it for you? This isn't my book, but our book. I realized after my talks around the world, women would still be queuing up for hours just to ask me one question. I didn't want them to just walk away with that one answer, but a tangible source to have forever, and this is it. A few years ago, I started diving into ways and methods I could use to live anxiety-free, become truly self-confident and glowing from within, lean into fear, see the positives in my failures, and build a fully-fledged business, also while working as an activist. And now I share all of that with you, including knee-slapping hilarious stories and my most vulnerable and personal moments I have never shared until now. This is refreshing, never-before-read content that will inspire, motivate, empower, inform, and entertain you. You might not know, but pre-ordering a book hugely helps an author. So if for no other reason, you are supporting one girl's dream come true just by purchasing. The Smart Girls Handbook is a celebration of womanhood and the book missing from your library. Tag me on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe when you have pre-ordered it and I will send you an exclusive gift just to say thank you. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Now, last year was our very first Valentine's special and we focused on intimate relationships and our approach as a society toward women when it comes to being intimate. This year, I wanted to focus on healing during and after a breakup, which is why I'm thrilled to share that we have Kendra Allen, the founder and creator of Breakup Bestie. So welcome, Kendra. First of all, I'd love to know, why did you start Breakup Bestie? Yeah, well, first, thank you so much for having me on. It's always an honor to, you know, be able to talk about my work. Uh, my name is Kendra Allen, and I am the founder of Breakup Bestie, which is an online community aimed at helping women navigate breakups with grace and dignity. I started Breakup Bestie about three years ago as just a Instagram account and a blog. Uh, a little backstory, I went through a really, really tough breakup almost six years ago. I say it was like the breakup to end all breakups where I honestly thought that I was never going to feel happy again. I also, another part of my story is I got sober at a really young age so this was my first really serious relationship and breakup in sobriety. So suddenly I found myself without, you know, certain things that I would have used in the past to take the edge off of some of that, you know, emotional pain and heartbreak. So I set out about six years ago to just, just personally to figure out how I could go through a breakup in a healthy way and an emphasis on through the breakup, not, you know, taking a shortcut around it. So I, you know, dedicated myself to books and talking to other women and 
writing assignments and, you know, really just soaking up everything that I could, including therapy to try to really get over the breakup. And, and once I, once I did and got to the other side, I, I started becoming the friend that everyone came to when they were going through breakups. And I realized how much I loved it. And then I looked online at what kind of breakup advice there was out there. And I found a lot of you know, a lot of gimmicky stuff of how to get over your ex in 21 days, how to get your ex back and, and all of those things that I knew personally were not the healthy way to do it. And so I saw this, this gap online. And so I started the Instagram account and the blog and it was received so well that I started coaching and launched a variety of online courses so I have been doing, I've been, this has been my, my business and, you know, the way I make a living for the last little bit over a year. And I just absolutely love being able to walk women through a breakup, which I think is not talked about enough. I think it's, it's incredibly universal. And it's also, I believe one of the hardest things that we ever go through. So I love being able to be a guide for women to get through that. Before we begin in coping with the breakup, I would love to know how to have a healthy breakup for anyone listening who wants to separate themselves from someone. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm glad you asked that. Most of my work is the focus on after the breakup has already happened, but I actually got this question the other day. I think, you know, if you're thinking about going through a breakup, I always say that it takes a lot to get to the point of wanting to break up with a partner. I find it's never a decision anyone takes lightly. So the first thing is to trust your gut. Uh, and it's it doesn't serve either person to stay in a relationship that isn't working. You're, you know, you're preventing the other person from finding the right partner. You're preventing yourself from doing it. So just keeping that in mind that it's not serving either party. And I think, you know, being as honest and as kind as possible. You don't need to tell them absolutely every reason for why you're breaking up with them. I think it is important to, to be as kind as possible. And then the last thing I tell people is don't try to take the easy way out where you say, well, I still want to be friends because you're really afraid of hurting the other person a lot uh, and allowing them the space to get over the breakup. So don't reach out to them. Don't you know, don't say, well, maybe in the future someday it will work out if that's not what you mean, because then again, you're preventing the other person from moving on. So a clean break is best as much as possible. And then what are some of the telltale signs that we are in an unhealthy relationship? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the you know, an unhealthy relationship can look like so many different things. And I think it's a very, you know, there are obviously some things that universally are an unhealthy relationship where if there is any kind of verbal or emotional abuse, that's obviously a sign to, to get away from the relationship. But I think the more personal reasons is I tell people, I'm trying, I'm thinking of an example, but say your partner isn't great at, you know, planning things. And that's really important to you that your partner is the one that plans dates and plans vacations and, and all of that. 
that not that's not necessarily like an unhealthy relationship across the board but if that's something that's really really important to you and it's not and you've asked for it and your partner isn't able to do that that may be a sign that it's just not the right person for you so keeping in mind that even though your partner is nice and looks good on paper if it doesn't work for you then it's not a relationship that you should necessarily be in. So getting really in touch with what's important to you is my partner, those things. And if they're not, it's nothing personal. It just means that you guys aren't, you know, necessarily meant to be together. And I'd also say that if it's a thought that comes into your mind a lot of, I don't know if this is working. If you find yourself needing to rationalize your partner all the time, then it's probably not the best situation for you to be in. As soon as that breakup hits, being the expert, Kendra, what would you say are the first steps you need to take if you have just been broken up with? Yeah, so the first thing is to know that it's going to be painful and that's okay. So instead of, you know, rejecting the pain, just knowing that it's a natural thing that happens after losing a really important person. So that's, you know, a first step. I'd say the second thing I tell people is to rally your support system. So whether that's reaching out to your best girlfriends, reaching out to people in your network and letting them know, hey, we I just went through a breakup. I'm really struggling and asking for the support that you need. I think a lot of us expect our friends to know exactly how to show up for us. And most of the time our friends will show up the way that they would want to be shown up for. And that doesn't always work for us. So being really specific about what you need. uh, Can I talk to you on the phone? You know, it's, you know, it's tough going through this during a pandemic, but, you know, having someone come over or whatever it looks like to, you know, that's safe in, in your particular area, but asking for what you need from your support system and then starting to starting the process of, processing through the feelings. So I think a a really good first step is, um, is to start journaling. Is your advice different for maybe a woman who has just done the breaking up? Because sometimes even when we break up with someone, we can feel just as heartbroken. Yeah. And I think that's one of the biggest myths in breakups is that the person that does the breakup doesn't feel pain. It's not an, like I said, it's not an easy decision to come to, to end a relationship. And a lot of the time they're ending it, not because they're happy to, but because there was something missing that was really sad and they, they loved the person, but it just wasn't working. So I tell people, if you were the one that, that ended the relationship keeping in mind that you are allowed to feel pain. You have every right to still feel sad, to ask for support. It doesn't necessarily mean that just because you ended it, that you should just all of a sudden be okay. So I think the steps are almost exactly the same to heal through it. It's just having that realization and acceptance that you're allowed to feel the pain too. The women who come to you, Kendra, on average, what is the most common mistake they make when going through a breakup? I think the biggest mistake, and this is you know something that I think a lot of people come to me for, is staying in touch with your ex. And I, and I tell people this isn't, you know, this doesn't apply to necessarily everyone. And I, I always hear from people that say 
there's an exception to the rule, but for the most part, I'd say staying in touch with your ex is probably the biggest mistake that people make because we can't necessarily tell our hearts that, okay, this person is now a friend. We can't just like flip a switch and go from romantic feelings to just being friends with someone. So by you either trying to be friends with them or continuing the conversation, you're going to trigger the heartbreak every time you see their name on your phone, every time you see them in person. We really need to allow the space and the time for those feelings to be processed. And so in the beginning, I, it's, I just tell people like cutting off contact right away is going to be the very best thing to do. And I hear this countless times of you know, women who come to me and say, I tried staying friends with my ex. I tried continuing to talk to them. And three months later, I'm still in the exact same place as I was in the beginning. And I would love to know, Kendra, if you agree with the following statement, because it's constantly perpetuated in our society. If to get over someone, you have to get under someone else. Yeah, I... 100% do not agree with that statement. And I actually, I had a, a company reach out to me wanting to, you know, partner on one of their products and they had a product, I think it was a wine glass that says to get over someone, you need to get under someone else. And I said, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but this just, this isn't going to work. We don't align on that. I mean, I, I would even take it a step further and say that I don't believe that you need to find a new partner to get over an ex. I think it's a very personal journey. And I think if you're using dating, sleeping with someone, if you're using any of those things as a band-aid to your pain, it's not going to work because again, it's just a band-aid and the wound is still going to be there afterwards. So you might find that it's a temporary fix and it makes you feel better for a day, a week, but at some point, inevitably, the pain's going to come up again. When we are grieving, there are five stages. Is it the same when going through a breakup? Yes and no. I do think that we hit all five of the stages of grief while we're going through a breakup, but I think it's not in order. And I tell people like you may hit all five stages of grief on the same day when going through a breakup where, you know, you're bargaining, you're sad, you are angry, you accept it. And then the next hour you feel something different. So just keeping in mind that there's no set timeline for healing from a breakup. I get that question a ton where people say, how long is this? Like, how long am I going to feel in pain? How long is this going to last? And I always wish I could tell people an answer, but at the end of the day, it's just a personal thing, depending on what the relationship looked like, what the breakup looked like. I have told people numerous times that going through a breakup in the midst of a pandemic is going to take longer because you mm -hmm. don't have all of the normal tools that you would normally have. So it's okay that it's taking longer. Um, but yeah, Short answer is yes, but you, it's going to be in a bunch of different orders on any given day. Really diving into the process and the journey then, how can someone start detoxing their ex from their life? Yeah, so the, I mean, the first thing is getting rid of the things that are going to cause like constant reminders because 
when you're going through a breakup, everything is going to remind you of your ex anyway. So looking at what are some things that I can control that are going to trigger the memory of my ex and are going to make me feel worse. So if you have photos of you and them around your house, put them in a box and, and stash them up in a cupboard or somewhere that it's out of sight, out of mind taking the photos that you have of you and your ex on your phone and putting them somewhere else. So they're not, you know, readily available on your phone, uh, getting rid of the text thread conversation that you have with your ex, because when we're feeling really down, we're going to, we tend to make it feel even worse by then going through old texts or going through photos to kind of validate how we're feeling. So doing things like that. And then I'm a huge fan of unfollowing or blocking on social media. Social media makes breakups significantly harder because we can see everything that our ex is up to where we didn't used to have to be exposed to that. So making sure that that's not something that you see on a regular basis when you log into Instagram or Facebook. And I would love to dive into that just a little bit more, Kendra. Why is it when we break up with someone, we almost, like you said, want to validate our own feelings and almost make it so much worse for ourselves? Why do we do this? I wish I knew like the deep down reason why we do it. But I think, I think a lot of us have this at least this is how I always felt when I'm feeling really, I have a hard time feeling sad. And I think in our society nowadays, there's a lot of the, what they call toxic positivity, where we're always supposed to feel happy. We look at social media and everyone looks happy all the time. So we kind of argue with our feelings and say, I shouldn't be feeling this way. We look for really quick fixes. So when that immense and intense pain pops up, it kind of goes against what we think we should be. So we look for reasons to, to validate those feelings. I also call it emotional cutting where you're putting yourself through this emotional pain on purpose. Um, because I think it, it, yeah, it validates the, the pain we're already feeling. I do want to get into some typical things that either I have felt myself or had friends tell me as well. When we are going through a breakup, why is it, Kendra, that we as women can slightly lose our minds and feel so much devastating pain and wonder if we will ever be able to get over that person when maybe the reality is that person was never that great to begin with? That is a great question and a very common feeling. So I think this is, you know, broken up into a couple parts. The reason a breakup can make us feel insane is one, there's actually like a physical thing that happens to us when we go through a breakup. When we're with a partner, our body is giving us these chemicals, dopamine, oxytocin. They're pumping us full of these really feel good chemicals that are the same, that target the same area of the brain that like drugs would. So it's these really, you know, intense feelings. And then when that person leaves, our body doesn't know what happened. So we actually, there's actually like a physiological thing that happens when we go through a breakup. So that's part of it. I think the other reason is 
when someone breaks up with us, it's this incredible feeling of powerlessness because it wasn't our decision. So it feels like something was just ripped out from underneath us. So we feel completely out of control. We feel completely powerless. So because of that, we try to seek out, we're trying to grasp at any kind of control we can, and we, you know, we can't control someone else. So it's kind of this losing game that we're playing. So it makes us feel, you know, really out of control and it brings up all of these feelings. I also think when we go through a breakup, it can bring up some inner child wounds. So whether you have a deep fear of abandonment or a deep fear of loneliness, it triggers those things. So it's really just this perfect storm of, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental things that are coming up when we're going through a breakup like that. And then when it comes to if the relationship wasn't great, which I get that question a lot, they'll say, logically, I understand that my ex wasn't the best fit for me, but I don't feel that way. And a lot of the times our brains know before our hearts do, it takes our heart some time to catch up to our, what our brain already knows. So that's a very normal thing. And then two, we tend to grasp on to things that make us feel safe um, because the unknown feels really, feels really scary. So when we don't know what's coming next, it can feel really scary. So we'll tend to grasp on to um, a relationship mm-hmm. or even we do this with jobs. Like we'll stay at a job longer than we need to because we're too afraid of not having a job or not knowing what comes next. Uh, and, you know, having a partner is such an innate thing that we want in our lives, that it feels better to, you know, stick to a relationship that's not the best rather than go into the unknown, go into, you know, what is this loneliness going to feel like? um, Because that feels really scary. Often as humans, our hurt and pain will manifest as anger, which can lead to some crazy acts. How can we channel our anger and pain towards an ex in a way that will support our healing? I want to first start off by saying that anger is a really healthy emotion to go through when we're going through a breakup. I you know, don't know about the listeners, but for me, I always thought that anger was a quote unquote bad feeling Mm -hmm. that I should not feel. But the thing is, you know, anger is going to happen from a breakup, even if it doesn't necessarily, even if, you know, for example, that breakup that I went through almost six years ago, the guy just said he didn't want to get married. And that's why he broke up with me. It's when I look at it logically, it's hard to be mad at that because he was just telling me the truth. And I would rather him have broken up with me than, you know, stayed with me and never wanted to get married. But it still made me feel angry that he did that to me. So, first, knowing that like anger is totally acceptable. And the more we push it down, the bigger it's going to feel. So having, you know, healthy outlets, I think exercise is actually a great way to have those intense feelings move through us. Um, Also, you know, journaling in a way where you are completely honest and unfiltered in your journal. I even tell people to write like an FU letter to your ex, not, not to send, but the more like ways we're able to get the anger out in a healthy way, whether that's venting to friends, writing about it, 
exercising through it, the less likely it is that you're going to take that anger out on your ex or even out on other people in your life. How can someone handle never getting closure? Because sometimes breakups, they just work out like that. So the first thing I would say is I believe that closure is an illusion that we think is going to make us feel better. But if you take someone who went through a breakup where their ex told them exactly why the breakup happened, like why they were breaking up with them, they're still going to be in a lot of pain. So we, I think we believe that if we get the exact closure we want, it'll automatically make us feel okay about it when that's just not the case. And remembering that you can create your own closure by working to accept the breakup for what it, for what it is. And just know that I might not necessarily know why it happened, but I accept that it did. Um, And I get asked a lot, how do I accept a breakup? And I tell people you accept the breakup by taking action as if you accept it. So the opposite of that would be continuing to reach out to your ex to try to figure out why that's not being accepting of it instead of, you know, jumping into healing, talking to your friends, doing the journaling stuff. So, so acting as if you're moving forward is a great way to kind of change your thoughts around it. And I'll say the other thing, the other mistake that I see a lot of people make is I call it like the quest for closure where where they'll keep reaching out to their ex to try to figure out why it happened. Uh, And I think the motive that a lot of people have is they want to know exactly why the breakup happened, because they think if they know it, then they'll then they'll be able to convince their ex that it was wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. so if you know exactly, okay, they broke up with me because they don't think I'm ambitious enough or something like that, then you'll say, oh, I'll I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this to try to fix it. Um, So the quest for closure can be this thing that really drags out the breakup and just knowing that closure is just something that you can create for yourself. Valentine's is here. What are some of the steps someone should be taking if they have recently gone through a breakup? I could imagine it to be very tough during a pandemic in particular. It's going to be, I will say it's going to be personal for everyone. However, in general, I think in the beginning, so I tell people that healing from a breakup should be a balance of feeling your feelings and distracting yourself from your feelings. Because at the end of the day, we still have our careers. We still have things we need to show up to. So we, we have to be able to distract ourselves in some capacity. Now, what that balance looks like for everyone is going to be really different. I'd say in the beginning, you're going to be relying more on distracting yourself from your feelings. So you're able to, you know, function in your day-to-day life. Um, But I'd say like, if I'd always tell people, if you decide that you're going to go break up in a healthy way and you're willing and open to doing that, typically your gut, your intuition is going to guide you to the right thing to do next. So for example, if you are talking with your friends, if you, you know, spend five minutes journaling, if you are taking good care of yourself, it's going to become pretty apparent when things pop up that require a deeper level of healing. So if you're just going about your day-to-day life and someone says something to you at work and you burst into tears, 
that's probably means you need to, you know, look at something a little bit deeper. And then the media really encourages this idea, especially as women, that if we're going through a breakup, we should have lots of pound cake and possibly dye our hair. What are your thoughts on that, Kendra? I'd say it's, again, it's probably a little bit of both where if you, let's say if you have always wanted to cut your hair short, but maybe, you know, your partner wasn't a super big fan of that, or you were always scared to do it. A breakup's a great time to do that, to just like do something you've always wanted to do. But I'd say, you know, and then in terms of like, like don't go on a diet right after a breakup, you know, do like, do, do it in a way that you're able to treat yourself. However, there is a caveat to that where if you're just eating as a band-aid, changing your appearance as a band-aid and you're not doing the other work, then I'd say not to do it. But if, you know, you're at home and you're feeling kind of bummed and you're like, I'm going to treat myself to my favorite dessert tonight because I deserve it and I want to, you know, I want to feel better. That's totally fine. Or if, you know, I've always wanted to go to this certain place or try this certain nail color, do something like that. By all means, I think, you know, go, go and do it. If the going through a breakup, it's a really, really important time to treat yourself in the most loving way possible. That's why I'm super against like the idea of the revenge body, because that's a punishment towards yourself. Whereas if you say, I want to exercise, so I feel good. And because it's a really nice and loving thing to do for me, then go do it. But don't do anything in a way that's like punishing of yourself or, um, thinking that I need to change because I'm not good enough. Do you have any tips for anyone, Kendra, who has maybe been broken up with or they have felt the need to break up with somebody else because of something devastating, i.e. perhaps having been cheated on? So I give this example that if I were to line up a thousand women going through a breakup, And I asked them, what are you feeling after, you know, after being broken up with, I would probably get less than 10 answers as to what they were feeling. Because while there are so many circumstances that lead to breakups, there are so many different kinds of breakups, so many different kinds of relationships, the feelings of a breakup are very similar. They're very universal. So I always caution people not to think of their breakup as different, because when you think of your breakup as being different, you're not going to open yourself up to the advice and the support that you need. So say, you know, you went through an emotionally abusive relationship that ended. If you think my breakup's really different when a friend comes to you and is trying to give you advice, you're probably not going to take it because you think they don't understand you. So while I never think we should invalidate the circumstances that cause the breakup, we should try to remember that breakups are really universal. With that being said, yes, there are going to be breakups that require a little bit more, you know, healing. I'd say if there was any kind of abuse, I always tell people to seek a counselor or a therapist because there's, you know, a lot of time, a lot deeper work to, to look at through that. And there's trauma to look at through that. 
But other than that, I would say like the advice that I give can apply to any, any kind of breakup, because a lot of this is just giving yourself the space to feel the feelings that come with it. So yes, when you're cheated on, you're going to feel, you know, deceit, you're going to feel, um, you're going to feel anger toward, you're going to feel more anger towards your ex than, than someone who didn't, you're going to feel betrayed. So giving yourself the space to feel those things. But other than that, the process is essentially the same. And how can we work out, Kendra, if our thoughts are almost being determined by our inner child acting out, or if it really is a decision that we are making as our current adult selves? Yeah. And I think with a breakup, it's because typically I would say, I love the saying that if, if it's hysterical, meaning if you're acting hysterically, it's typically historical, meaning it's, it's something that's a lot deeper with a breakup. It's a little bit trickier just because we're, we're all pretty hysterical after going through a breakup. But I'd say, you know, right after going through a separation is not the time to dig into like the inner child stuff. It's just too heavy to, to worry about. So I think the first and foremost thing is to just take care of current you and making sure that you have everything that you need. You're feeling supported. You're reaching out to your friends. You're not feeling lonely. And then as the dust settles and you start feeling a little bit more clarity then I think it kind of, it settles. So you'll start being able to see, okay, I'm not feeling this intensely about the fact that the breakup happened, but I do still feel this really deep sense of this person abandoned me. Okay. So maybe that's something that I should look into with a therapist or, or with a counselor to, to work through those things. So I think as time goes on, it'll become more apparent what, what's, historical with with inner child stuff and and what's just taking care of you but in the beginning it's just important to like take care of your current self what would you say to anyone hooking up with an ex post breakup how can you navigate truly moving on from that person and or the relationship so in general i'm not like i don't think it's a good idea to you know continue to hook up with an ex after, after a breakup, because there's just so much history there. And, you know, our body remembers stuff. So when you, you know, say go sleep with an ex, like your body remembers how it was when you guys were in a relationship. So it's going to feel really familiar. Old feelings are just inevitably going to pop up. And so I, you know, I even remember after, you know, a breakup in the past, I got this, you know, urge for like a friends with benefits situation. And I, you know, the first person I thought of was, was an ex because they're safe, they're familiar. And I'm so glad I had a friend tell me like, it's okay if you want to have a friends with benefits situation, but don't do it with a person that there's a lot of emotional history there, just because it's going to just automatically pull you back. Um, and when, 
when we're maintaining and fostering that intensive and emotional connection, when we're, you know, sleeping with an ex or talking with an ex, we're not allowing the space for someone new to come in We're you know, energetically, there's just not the room for that. And so you really need to work on like letting that go. So you do have the space for someone new to come in. Is it normal if you never even speak to that ex again to sometimes think about them? How often would you say Kendra is too often? Yes, it's definitely normal. I tell people for the most part, every time someone asks me if something's normal, I usually say yes, just because, you know, most everything is completely normal. And, you know, I'm, I've been married for almost three years and I still have thoughts about exes every once in a while. It doesn't mean that I don't love my husband or that I'm not happy. It just is, we are very sentimental beings and we're going to think about memories that we had that were happy. So I think the point where it becomes too much is if it's, if it's affecting you, like if you are thinking about them so much that it's preventing, you know, seeing like dating new people, or if it's preventing you from letting go of your old feelings, if it becomes obsessive where it's not something you can let go of, because there's a difference if it just like pops into your head and then leaves. Mm -hmm. But if it's pops into your head, it stays there. You, you know, find yourself then looking at their social media and looking at their new girlfriend or their new partner, then that can become damaging. And then the biggest question of them all, what would you say to anyone who is convinced that they will never ever find love again, or they will never be with someone as amazing as their ex? The first thing I would say is, I hear you like it's, you know, it's again, a very common feeling to go through after a breakup. And I always tell people like, you're probably not going to me when I say this, but just keep it in the back of your mind that you are going to be able to let go of this ex. You are going to feel happy again. And an exercise that I take people through is I say, look back in your life at either past you know, in school or with jobs, we've all been through things in our lives where we lost a job and we thought I'm never going to find another job or we failed a class and we thought I'm never going to be able to do, you know, do well in school again. And just look back on those things and you'll notice that it always works out. You always find another job. You always are able to improve at whatever you're doing. I think I think we always see breakups as a gift at some point, a hundred, like a hundred percent of the time. I just, you know, did something on Instagram the other day where I was talking about the whole concept of like the one that got away. We hear about that phrase in movies in music. And so we believe that we're going to have the one that got away that we're never going to be able to move past it. It just doesn't, I find that that very rarely ever happens. We go through a breakup, we're in a lot of pain, we work through it, and then we upgrade in our relationships. If you're doing the healing work, you are 100% always going to upgrade. You are 100% always going to be able to see why the breakup happened and feel a lot of gratitude 
about that. And sometimes we have to rely on our own hindsight to be able to have faith that that's going to happen again in the future. And is there anything else maybe that the media or even films encourage that you disagree with when it comes to love and relationships as you said for instance the idea the concept there is that there is one that got away yeah so I think there are two other ones that stand out the first one starts with the Disney princess that the relationship is all we ever need once we find Prince Charming or that partner that everything's going to get better and that's not the case if you are unhappy not in a relationship, you're going to be unhappy in a relationship. It's, it has to start with us. So just remembering that like you can find the happily ever after in yourself. And I think we should all have that opportunity to find happiness being single. And then when you do that, when you're in a relationship, it's going to feel even more fulfilling and more satisfying. So I think that's a huge one of just remembering that like And I remember, you know, falling victim to it where I thought that once I had a ring on my finger, all of my insecurities would go away. That's not what happened at all. And that's, you know, you can ask anyone who's married and they'll tell you like, not all problems go away when you get married, you get new problems. So remembering that. And then I think the other one, and we haven't really talked much about it, but that whole idea of like toxic relationships and the whole concept of like, love bombing, which is when, you know, you have a partner that completely sweeps you off your feet and it's fireworks. And you guys start talking about getting married a couple weeks in. Um, so just remembering that relationships aren't always fireworks all the time and, you know, falling in love with someone extremely quickly is not always a good thing. And it can pretty easily turn into something where there's, you know, emotional, verbal, those kind of, those kinds of abuses later on. So I think like that whole idea of toxic love is, is talked about in, in the media too much. Do you think Kendra, we completely heal after a breakup when our heart has been shattered? Can it ever be entirely whole again? Or do you think a part of us will always remain a little bit with that other person? I don't, I I do think our hearts always heal, but I don't think they always heal in the way that we think they're going to. Like, I I do think they heal, but we don't get to choose how they come back together. So for example, you know, I went through my own relationship with, um, with a narcissist that was extremely toxic and I felt very broken after, um, after that. And I was able to heal but I still have, you know, some trust things. I still have some things that trigger it, but it doesn't like take over my entire life. I think after a breakup, a lot of us, you know, I hear this a lot. I just want to go back to before I ever met the person. I just want to go back to how I was before. I don't think we don't ever get to do that. But what we do get to do is, you know, heal the wounds that the relationship or the breakup left us with. We get to learn the lessons that come from that, whether that's things you're going to avoid in the future or things you are going to look out for, different ways that you're going to behave in the relationship. So we get to heal the wounds, we get to learn the lessons, and then we improve from there. So it's almost like the forgive, but like never forget kind of a thing, because 
even the really bad things that happen to us are really good uh, lessons and change us as people into being stronger and more wise and all of those things. If you had a woman in front of you who has recently been broken up with, what would you categorically say to her? The first thing I always try to get across is that this too shall pass. That's like my favorite saying after a breakup or really anything hard we're going through and reminding them that you're not going to feel this way forever. You are going to feel happy again. You are going to find love again. So just reminding them that this is, even though it feels permanent, it's temporary. Um, And just, you know, reminding them that, that you're not alone. You know, even if you don't have a huge group of friends or a huge support system, like you always have someone there that can help guide you through it. So I tell people like, never try to go at this kind of thing alone. I I think it's too heavy of a, of a burden to carry on our own and reminding them that like, no matter what, there's someone else out there that feels the same way you do. Mm -hmm. The pain of a breakup can feel a lot worse when there's also shame involved. So if you feel shame about the breakup happening, um, you know, for example, I had a, a client who was ghosted by her ex and she didn't tell anyone because she was felt really embarrassed because they'd been together a a good amount of time. Um, So just remembering that you're never alone and no matter what happened, like it's okay and you're going to get through it. So those would be the things that I would tell them. I also end the podcast with two questions, Kendra, as you know, one of them though, I think you've just answered, which is fantastic. What is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by? I love that. And then um, also the serenity prayer. I feel like that's what I apply so many things to that, which, you know, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. That's just such a great mantra that I live by. And the thing is, it always comes down to I can't change anyone but myself. And just remembering that, like, I do have an immense amount of power over how I act, how I feel, all of, all of those things. And just remembering that, like, if I'm trying to change someone else or in this example, trying to get an ex back, I'm fighting a losing game. Then finally, what books or podcasts on love and breakups would you recommend to our audience, please? So the first one I always recommend is The Return to Love by Marian Williamson. The Other ones I would recommend is The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. It's not necessarily about breakups at all, but it's been one of the most impactful books I think I've ever read. The next one is Broken Open. And then the last one would be, which is a newer book, is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I think it just provides such a beautiful perspective on, you know, the way we change through our lives. And then for podcasts, I would recommend my own podcast, which is Heal Your Heartbreak. I cover different topics uh, every single week on breakups and relationships and being single. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Kendra, so much for coming on to the podcast today and for all of your insight. I know our audience is going to love it.
Thank you so much for listening to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Scarlett V. Clark. Smart Girl Tribe is the UK's number one female empowerment organization, a personal development community for women. Through this top-rated podcast, event series, and my book, The Smart Girl's Handbook, available to pre-order now, we arm you with the resources to heal, grow, and evolve to become your most authentic self. When not connecting with like-minded individuals in the Smart Girl Tribe Society on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe.